0: When you preach, do people fall asleep? Do people continually check their phones or look at the time? Let's start fixing that problem today. I've taken Spurgeon's chapter titled Attention and organized it around four headings. If you address these four areas of concern, you will go far in improving your ability to obtain and retain your people's attention. The first area of concern is the people's surroundings. Be sure you have a building that has plenty of fresh air. Spurgeon said, The next best thing to the grace of God for the preacher is oxygen. A gust of fresh air through the building might be to the people the next best thing to the gospel itself. Now, we know that Spurgeon ministered in a day and age uh, that did not have the advantages of Uh, climate control like you and I have today. But nevertheless, the principle is still the same. If the air is stuffy and too warm or stifling, uh, people get drowsy. One of the best things you can do to help people stay awake is address their surroundings. Is the air stuffy? Turn on a fan or make sure that the uh, air conditioning is working or the heating or whatever is required but give the people fresh air. The other thing you can do when addressing the people's surroundings is train your people uh, kindly, patiently, gently uh, to minimize distractions from the audience. The second area that we address in order to obtain and retain the people's attention is the area of the people's spirit. Here's what Spurgeon said about that. If you want to have the attention of your people, to have it thoroughly and always. It can only be accomplished by their being led by the Spirit of God into an elevated and devout state of mind. If your people are teachable, prayerful, active, earnest, devout, they will come up to the house of God on purpose to get a blessing. They will take their seats prayerfully, asking God to speak to them through you. They will remain on the watch for every word and will not weary, they will have an appetite for the gospel, for they know the sweetness of the heavenly manna, and they will be eager to gather their appointed portions. You see, a man who preaches the Bible to a spiritual congregation doesn't have to fight for their attention, because they have been taught and they have grown in grace to know how to behave themselves in the house of God, how to come to listen in faith and how to purposefully give their attention to the preacher as he gives them the word. Now, this is easier said than done. And to be honest, this requires a pastor to stay in one pulpit, in one ministry, in one church for many years, develop a rapport with the people, and develop a loving pastoral relationship with them, help them to grow in grace. And as they grow in spirituality, the labors that you have to invest to obtain and retain their attention will be minimized because they are coming to the house of God in faith, ready to receive, as Spurgeon put it, uh, their heavenly manna. The third area of concern when it comes to obtaining and retaining the people's attention is the area of the preacher's sermon. Spurgeon tells us when we preach, if you want to have the people's attention, that you should say something worth hearing. Spurgeon put it this way. Give your hearer something they can treasure up and remember, something likely to be useful to them, the best matter from the best of places, solid doctrine from the divine word. Give them fresh manna from the skies. Give them something striking, something that a man might get up in the middle of the night to hear. And which is worth his walking 50 miles to hear. You are quite capable of doing that. Do it, brethren. Do it continually, and you will have all the attention you desire. About the preacher's sermon and the construction of that sermon, organize your sermons in a, a way that is easy to listen to. What I mean is, don't ramble about, but let your folks know that you have main points or headings, that you have uh, your sermon organized into divisions. In another place, Spurgeon recommends that we should announce to our people how many points we have in our sermon. It's easier to follow a man if you know where he's going, and so the people will be naturally more attentive if they know about how many points to expect in the sermon, and if you tell them right away what the divisions are, it just makes it easier for them to listen for the next 30 to 40 minutes. About your sermon, do not have a long introduction. And I must confess that I have noticed that I uh, make this mistake more often than I should. And uh, in fact, it wasn't long ago where I really began to notice my introductions were getting bogged down by spending too much time reviewing the previous week's sermon. Now, Spurgeon didn't struggle with this because he didn't preach uh, through passages of scripture like many of us do today. He didn't preached through the book of Romans, for example, or the book of Revelation, but his sermons took uh, from a different text every week. Now, for those of you who preach like I do, where you go through the book of Romans, or you go through certain passages week to week, there's a temptation to spend a lot of time reviewing the previous week's sermon as a part of your new sermon's introduction, and that can get tedious for the people. Keep your introductions short Not only should we be concerned about how our sermon is constructed, but we should have concerns addressed regarding the sermon's delivery. Uh, A lot of attention is lost in poor delivery of the sermon. For instance, Spurgeon's very emphatic about this. Do not read your sermon. And I know that there's a debate amongst preachers about whether you should write out word for word a sermon manuscript. Others uh, preach Uh, from a simple outline, which is kind of how I prefer, and that's what Spurgeon used. Whether or not you write out or type out your sermon manuscript word for word, whatever you do, do not read it from the pulpit. Very few preachers can read from a manuscript in a convincing way and successfully keep and, and obtain and retain their people's attention Also, when it comes to sermon delivery and keeping and and getting the people's attention, use plain speech in your preaching. Spurgeon warned against using flowery language and uh, the kind of vocabulary that most people in your congregation wouldn't understand. So make sure you direct the language to the average man And, and don't sound like a seminary professor. Spurgeon put it this way. Our hearers do not want the bare bones of technical definition, but meat and flavor. So don't get overly technical uh, with your sermon. A lot of men, they just overwhelm the people with Greek and Hebrew. Uh, sometimes that has its place. Sometimes it's crucial to make a point because of the meaning of a word in Greek or Hebrew. But honestly, Most of your folks don't need a Greek and Hebrew lesson and they don't care to have it. When it comes to sermon delivery, don't repeat yourself too much. Don't utter the same phrases over and over ad nauseum, uh, especially when it comes to the points of your sermon. Sometimes it's helpful to remind the people what you've said, but when you do it all the time, it really does become a, a tedious work to listen to that kind of preaching. It's true that repetition is the key to learning but too much repetition is also a shortcut to losing people's attention. When it comes to sermon delivery and keeping the attention of the people, be sure that you don't preach too long. Spurgeon said, an old preacher used to say to a young man who preached an hour, my dear friend, I do not care what else you preach about, but I wish you would always preach about 40 minutes. We ought seldom to go much beyond that, 40 minutes or say three quarters of an hour. If a fellow cannot say all he has to say in that time, when will he say it? This is a very common question that's asked by preachers. How long should a sermon be? Well, there's no hard and fast rule and there's certainly no biblical mandate about how long a sermon should be. Spurgeon believed that it was wise to not go beyond 45 minutes. We can all be good preachers, but we can all be brief. And if you fear that maybe you're a tad boring, maybe uh, you're afraid that folks might find you a little bit dry, then the first thing you should do is work on being brief. And the style and the, the eloquence and the ability will come later. Also, when it comes to sermon delivery, Spurgeon advocates using the element of surprise. Here, Spurgeon mentions the homiletical tactics of a man affectionately called Father Taylor. Father Taylor was a famous Methodist preacher who ministered to the sailors of Boston. Father Taylor was renowned for his near poetic style of preaching and his ability to keep the most brackish sailors' attention. When Spurgeon encourages that we emulate Taylor, he means that we should not say things the same way all the time. For example, Spurgeon says, if you have already said salvation is all of grace, do not always add and not by human merit, but vary it and say salvation is all of grace. Self-righteousness has not a corner to hide its head in. So by using the element of surprise, we say the same truths, yes, but we say them differently. And that way it keeps the people's attention and gives them something to think about. When it comes to sermon delivery and Keeping the people's attention, be sure to use the appropriate pause for effect. It's easy for the familiar cadence of the preacher's voice to begin to almost act like a lullaby to the people and to cause them to nod off into sleep. Sometimes a little silence goes a long way in keeping the people alert. The fourth area that we should address when it comes to obtaining and retaining the people's attention is this area of the preacher's spirit. Be sympathetic with your people. When they come to church, they're coming from a life that was lived in the world, from a life hectic with pressures at work, family turmoil, financial strain. They have difficulties, and it's not fair for us to expect them to sit on the edge of their seat every week waiting to hear some great word from us they have hearts that are hurting. They have burdens to bear. It's difficult for them to put everything out of their mind and listen to you for the next 30 to 45 minutes. Spurgeon put it this way, many of them have through the week been borne down by the press of business cares. They ought to roll their burden on the Lord, but do you always do so? Do you always find it easy to escape from anxieties? Are you able to forget the sick wife and the ailing children at home? That is, understand that they have troubles too, and be patient with them. When it comes to keeping the people's attention and this area of the preacher's spirit, Spurgeon tells us to be interested in our own sermon. If you don't like your sermon, if you're not interested in the subject, if you aren't passionate about what you're about to preach, don't expect your people to be. If you haven't been worked over by the conviction of the Spirit in your study, if you haven't been borne along uh, the with the, the zeal of the truth of the Word of God, if you're not excited about what you're about to say to the people, don't expect them to be excited to listen to it. So be interested in your own sermon. And lastly, in this manner of keeping the people's attention Spurgeon especially emphasizes the need for the preacher to be filled with the Spirit of God. He says, Be yourself clothed with the Spirit of God, and then no question about attention or non-attention will arise. Come fresh from the closet and from communion with God to speak to men for God with all your heart and soul, and you must have power over them. Supernatural power must be your reliance. We say to you, perfect yourselves in oratory, cultivate all the fields of knowledge, and make your sermon mentally and rhetorically all that ought to be. But at the same time remember, it is not by might nor by power that men are regenerated or sanctified, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. If you do not touch the heart, you will soon weary the ear. Clothe yourself then with the power of the Spirit of God, and preach to men as those who must soon give an account. And to that I say, Amen.